your daily Cleveland Browns podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good evening, everybody. Locked On Browns, your team every day, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. How's everybody doing today, guys? Um, look, I mean, obviously, we're all staring, waiting for white smoke. Um, from it seems almost everybody there. I mean, a, a national outlet or so. You're hearing that it's you know everybody except for a couple of national outlets are saying it's Freddie Kitchens. Some people are saying uh, you know Stefanski as well. I don't know. Uh, obviously, we're waiting on word uh, just so we can make it official here, guys. We're starting this at 7:08 on Tuesday night, so it could change shortly. Who knows? Uh, and. You know, so we'll play how that goes, but this is where we start recording this. Recording this. We will, uh, we're going to do the O-line review here, unless something comes blowing through here that uh, you know, will change the recording of the show, but we'll stick with the O-line review here. Um, and Pete, I guess we'll go with this first NFL news of the day. Um, if you're handsome, you know how to part your hair, and you look good in a polo, you got a really good shot at being an NFL head coach right now. Doesn't hurt. I mean, it's certainly not about resume. Because well, I mean, I guess the yeah, what is now the target audience, the you know forty, the forty to fifty five year old married moms to get them to watch games on Sunday. Is that what we're going for here? Uh, I mean, it's a weirdly narrowed focus in Arizona. Uh, it puts a weird amount of pressure on Josh Rosen because you didn't hire uh, Cliff Kingsbury to do anything else. But make Josh Rosen good. So if for whatever reason Josh Rosen is a bust, that's the job. Like, and, and he already you, killed. And he already killed two coaches. Well, yeah. I mean, but the thing is, it's like you're, you're Cliff Kingsbury, and you already had Baker Mayfield. You let him walk off campus. You had Patrick Mahomes. You didn't win there. Um, it's just hard for me to really have a lot of faith in what's going to happen. But I mean, that's. If, if you're asking me why they make that higher, it's 110% has to be entirely about Josh Rosen. Yeah, oh, I mean, that, that's it in a nutshell. Uh, I mean, you got a major rebuild to do. And look, I mean, it doesn't matter what college he came from. I mean, you know, granted, if he was coming from Alabama or whatever, then they're free agents. He's got players to get acquainted with and things of that nature. Um, obviously, you know, not. Uh, I mean, he's not getting Patrick Mahomes. He's certainly not getting Baker Mayfield. I mean, if he wants, uh, who's the other guy there? I ended up going to Cal Pete. Oh, God. Uh, he was Davis a Webb. Yeah, Davis Webb. There you go. I'm pretty sure you could get get him. But I mean, so it's not like he's got a great. You know, I mean, obviously the front office is going to have to do their work there. Um, but you were looking to say, look, uh, we'll figure out the defense when we figure it out. But let's find a way to put up 28 to 31 points a week, and then we'll worry about everything else from there. Is what you're doing with it? Uh, it just the route seems so insane. And like, I where's the. I don't know if there was a communication error or just did his name literally get sexier. But I don't know how you go from getting fired at Texas Tech. I can understand with the, with what he brings and way college football is now. I could understand the USC offensive coordinator job. I could almost understand, you know, oh well, people said, oh maybe you shouldn't have taken that. You know, he maybe had a shot at a, you know an NFL offensive coordinator job. But now all of a sudden, it was like, well, I got fired. You know, maybe I'll go, you know, to USC. I'll work with the offense there. He's he's now the coach of the Arizona Cardinals. I mean, it just—it seems so crazy. I mean, it, and it's—I can look even if it was a bull run, but he got fired. He's done nothing, and all of a sudden, his name just literally flew to the top of the charts. Well, the other part about this, at least from Arizona's standpoint, that I don't think can be underestimated is how bad of a job that is right now. 
it is Josh Rosen and Chandler Jones and guys. Hassan, like, I mean, Hassan Reddick, who they're not sure if they like as a player anyway. So you're basically saying that you're going to be full-on building or re- rebuilding however you tear down, whatever. Um, and, and you know, the one guy or the, the one or two guys, one of them is Chandler Jones, one of them is uh, is Josh Rosen. I mean, I guess you picked one of them and put put your put your eggs in that particular basket from a coaching standpoint. But I, I'd be very curious to know what their options were uh, as far as what they could actually get out of this search. Um, I, I, I'm not convinced that they had much, if anything, that said, you know, we have great options. Like most, most everything seemed to be reporting guys taking out of the, taking their name out of the uh, race. So I, I think that that's certainly part of it. Bad, bad jobs tend to land bad coaches, or at least you could say a risky coach or, you know, they're, they're making a play. We'll, we'll see how it works out. I don't, you know, I'm not optimistic about their chances, but I'm not optimistic about really anyone's chances given where Arizona is right now. Yeah, and, and the other thing is, I mean, if you're looking at it and, you know, if it's a, a job even you think you like and you like Josh Rosen, it's, well, where are we in, in, in two-plus years? You know, have we gotten to, you know, eight wins, nine wins? Um, hopefully Josh Rosen's still in one piece, or is everybody out on their ass? I mean, you know, it's nice to say I'm getting the second-year quarterback, he's 22 years old, but, you know, and Chandler Jones is the other piece you're talking about. I mean, Chandler Jones, I know he's north of 30. Right, and, and you know, the other part of this is, is what can he do about David Johnson, if anything? Can they get something out of that where that, you know, he can look like, you know, that stud player that – People think he is. I mean, I, I, I don't, again, that it's it's not a great job. We'll see if you know he can do anything. But I mean, if you're, I I, I think if anything, Bidwell's probably sitting there going, "Well, I've got this rookie quarterback, and David Johnson looked like shit this year. Can at least sell me on what you can do about this part of it." And again, Arizona is, you know, ten years away from anything. So this may be. In some respects, the coach to get the coach. So, you know, you know, the lame duck situation where you're essentially doing what the Browns did with Hugh Jackson, even though that wasn't the intention, which was letting this guy suck it up for a while, get you a roster, and now you're in a position where you can sell a, sell a roster. Yeah, I mean, that makes it does make some sense. I mean, just I just for me, it's the 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 heights his career went from doing nothing. It just seems extremely. Just seems extremely weird to me, um, guys. Like I said, we're going to get into the offensive line review here this evening. Uh, in unless I get a tweet here, we'll change course and go right to it. Um, we're going to go to the offensive line here review. I, I guess it's easiest here that we will space it out and you know get in some ads here and stuff. Uh, I, I guess we'll start dead center out. Um, J.C. Treader, just solid, phenomenal effort. Uh, you know, week in, week out, up the middle. Uh, most impressive thing, you know, got hurt in the Los Angeles game, and I remember talking to Jake Burns on the phone maybe an hour after that, and him saying, wow, we could be really in trouble. He's like, I, he said, Treader walking out of there, he said that ankle boot was he's like, it was bigger than my you know, bigger than my entire leg. So, I mean, it sounded like it was really, really serious. Kevin Zeitler even spoke about it and said some guys probably wouldn't even have bothered to play with it. Um, but uh, put all that together and still played some really, really good ball over the year. I mean, you know, man in the middle, uh, you know, uh, J.C. Treader, all things are good there. Yeah, he, uh, he, he, I think a lot of this 
had to do with first and foremost he's obviously you know can deal with pain remarkably well but i think a lot of this goes back to him being a packer and the fact that he lost you know almost two seasons for guys just falling on him uh and and right on his legs and one of them was a broken leg and he had something else that you know kept him out whereas this was an injury it sucks but he could grit and bear it and uh, you know he finally had a healthy offseason so you know i think that there was a part of that in there too where he just you know wanted to make prove it and i think he more than did that i think he's uh i think he imp- impressed a lot of people uh i think people were surprised about him especially when when uh, you know early on you you heard this talk that like austin corbett was being groomed to be their center i think that may have been a potential thought process but now it just looks like he was cross-trained to to be an option there and and you've got your center for the time being and and hopefully you know he's entering the last year of his contract it was a great contract three years 15 million uh that they start talking about you know finishing his career in here in cleveland and getting that done um there's just a ton of value in locking up a center that uh, baker mayfield's really comfortable with that has uh been so good and is you know he's an ivy league cornell kid he's obviously very bright uh that can sort of run the show up there and and you know that continuity up there is important so i mean i i'd really like the luck to the bad luck for him to end when it comes to injuries and he could just have a healthy season but uh for what he gave you he was you know i think depending on where you looked he was a top 10 center i think he he could even be better than that he's a hell of an athlete the one thing he sort of lost this year because of his ankle was was the thing he did really well last year and he's always done is he could pull uh which is one of those things that, like you know you see jason kelsey gets a ton of praise for it and he, deservedly because he's really good at being able to get out there and lead block on certain things uh when he's you know at at full strength and, and full go the that's something treader has shown he can do they could really move the pocket around they could do a lot of other things with the running game uh but you know it comes down to what's the most important thing for baker mayfield and the most important thing is the interior of the offensive line and making sure he's not uh dealing with pressure up on his feet he has he has a clean area to step in and throw and jc treader has shown he can do that so that's one of those things where uh certainly you can always keep adding depth and, and competition and those things but at least for right now he's your guy yeah, and that's you. Know, and maybe even with Corbett, it was like, look, uh, let's just make sure if we think maybe that he is our sixth best, sixth best, <clears throat> sixth best offensive lineman. Whatever guy goes down, let's hope he's ready in somewhat capacity to go in, and even if that means in the middle. Um, yeah, I, I don't think the job's going to be open anytime soon. Um, we're going to switch it on over to the guard here position, but yeah, JC Treader, uh, really, really solid year, and you know, and to play through that when you have your teammates say, "Man, it was bad. It was really bad," and you know, when the guy he wasn't practicing even until Friday, and most of the time Friday he just went out there and it was just watching things happen, wasn't really involved, but was able to gut it out, and you know, but you know, in, in great and no continuity. I mean, you don't need to make a change right now with what you have going from this past year. Uh, if it's not an issue, and it's not a monetary issue, or it's not an issue of there's a guy there already ready to take his place, it's something you don't want to rock the boat here. Uh, the def- For me, defense is where you're going to make a majority, I don't want to say majority, but you're going to make a majority of the changes. Yeah, more than not, I'll say it's going to be on the defensive side of the ball. Offensive side of the ball, look, I mean, you want to hopefully just continue with the growth. And obviously with the quarterback center relationship, that is very important. Uh, guys, lockdown NFL draft. 
um, with uh, Trevor Sakema and with John Ledyard. Uh, these guys are in full swing now, uh, putting out great stuff, you know, day in, day out. Um, it, it, these guys, look, it, it's a year-round thing for them. So, I mean, they are a lot deeper than some of us are. We all handle these things differently, but obviously for these guys, and how much, you know, their careers are invested into it, very good work. Uh, Lockdown NFL Draft, guys. As, you know, it gets closer and closer. If you don't want to talk about it, I want to hear it. It's, it, it, it's coming. So check out the Lockdown NFL Draft podcast with John and Trevor. All right, Pete. Uh, you know, we'll stick if we go in, you know, inside out. Um, the guard position, um, you know, and look, fortunate here too. Uh, both your offensive guards, sixteen for sixteen in the start department. Uh, you know, Zeitler and Batonio. Uh, I mean, grade wise, PFF. Uh, I, I believe they both ended up top three or top five. You know, for uh, you know, interior guard play. Uh, great job by both of them. You know, Joe Batonio, second team All Pro. Kevin Zeitler, honestly, he probably had just as much. He definitely had a gripe, uh, but you know, just not the way him and his family roll. They'll, they'll be quiet about it. They'll campaign for it, but they're not going to complain when it's over with. Um, but the, uh, Kevin Zeitler, Joel Batonio, um, you know, could there be a change here? Maybe because I mean I know there's one you'd like to suggest, but you know, go with this year, Pete, and then maybe you know a little into nineteen. Um, Joel Batonio, you know, finally gave you you, know, you finally was recognized for just how well he's been playing. It's, it's, you know, probably a year overdue, but not just the guy playing next to Joe Thomas. uh, Second team all pro is fantastic. Uh, He's great at both uh, pass blocking and run blocking. He's, he's been their main puller. Um, He does a little bit of everything and, and he's sort of the, the steadying force on that. And I'm sure his job early in the year uh, was, a little more difficult, uh, you know, dealing basically having to sort of try to get uh, Desmond Harrison and covering up some of that. Uh, but you know, he, he locked down the left guard position, and and if he's if if they love him to stay at left guard, he's going to be a great left guard. The question is, do they love him uh, at tackle? Because when he was there, uh, the short-lived experiment, he was great at tackle. Uh, Miles Garrett, you know, couldn't couldn't have said more uh, positive things about him when going up against him. Um, that's personally where I'd like to see it go, but uh, we'll see. Uh, Zeitler was weird in that uh, he wasn't as good as as in the run blocking as I would have expected. Um. But he was way better as a pass blocker than maybe I would have expected. He was great. Um, last year, uh, in particular, he had a lot of holds, and this year, if he had if, if he had any, it had to be less than five. Um, again, they just stabilized that pocket. It certainly, um, it certainly has made it easier for Baker Mayfield to operate. I, I'd like to see him, and 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 I expect Treader getting healthier. Um, Will help, but I'd like to see them get a little more of that, you know, run blocking power up there. And, and it's not like he was bad or anything. I just, I, I think I've seen him have better seasons from that standpoint. Um, you know, it, it his contract is going to start getting wonky um, next year and the year after, uh, and they could potentially start looking ahead, or they could start talking restructure at some point. Uh, but for now. 
he's your right guard, and, and there's no reason to think he won't be for the foreseeable future. And, and he seems to be happy here, and, and given the, the way that this group has played, I think that's the, the center and right guard in particular, and it may extend to left guard. Um, they, again, you said it. They, they may not want to rock the boat. They may want to just sort of leave this alone and say, look, we're, we're – you know, this is where we feel like this is the most important area of our line. We're not going to mess with it, and we can sort of find ways to deal with the other two spots. I mean, and if you're looking at it from a front, uh, you know, front office standpoint, and if it do, does end up being Freddie, and there's going to be some, you know, familiarity here, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I mean, the way I'm going to first thing I'm going to look at it. Look, nobody's age is an issue, contract-wise, nobody's an issue. But I look at it and I say, you know what? My interior O line, my center, my left guard, my right guard. They're one of the top five in the NFL. All right, that's good. Let's move on to something else here that we need to address for 2019. Because if you're top five in the NFL, that's good enough for me. Yeah, there's 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 an argument to be made. Don't mess with it and, and don't change a thing. Uh, personally, I you know, and, and it, it could be a me issue. I, I I'm not enamored with Chris Hubbard. I, like no, well, I'm, to- are- I'm talking interior line. We, it, it, you know, interior line. You're talking top five. You know, right guard, left guard, center in the league. Uh, you put it up almost against anybody's center and guard combination. It's going to get wonky going to the outside. We know that. But uh, we agree. The interior three. There's no reason to rock the boat. I don't. I mean, what Zeitler the oldest? Maybe what 30, 31. Um, I mean, they're they're yeah. I mean. Treader's 27, going to turn 28. Betonio's 27. Um, you know, there's certainly, like I said, there's an argument to be made that you don't mess with the thing. Personally, I think because he is as special as he is. Well, no, that's fine. I mean, I mean that's fine because I think it's a lot easier to find a guard than it's going to be to find a left tackle. Right. So that's the question. And, and again, if you're, you're not going to be unhappy with Betonio at left guard. But the question, obviously, guys, we're switching over to tackle talk. Go ahead, Pete. <laughs> well, no, it's it's just that if, when John Dorsey came in, he kept saying we want to find the five best guys. And if you're saying that you know Betonio left tackle or left, you know, if, if you're saying the five best have Betonio at guard, then that absolutely follows through with that logic. If the philosophy is the five best and you're saying, well, Joe Batonio is a really, really, really good tackle and we can get a guard, whether that's Corbett or somebody else that, that hasn't been come up or whatever, then you can sort of uh, mess with it. The, the only thing I would say is, one, you can't wait until freaking July to decide. It's got to be basically made in May. You basically got to say, this is what we're doing. We're going to go with it. So you don't ask a guy basically on the fly to change positions. Um, and with that, you're going to know if you feel good about the answers you came up with, whether that's corporate, whether that's somebody else, that you're going to have – we should know by minicamp who the, what the line's going to look like. It shouldn't be a question of – you know, we get we get in there and we're going to mess around with it. If that means they keep the same five, they re-sign Greg Robinson, keep Chris Hubbard at right tackle, and they say it ain't broke, we're not going to we're going to we're not going to mess with it. Or they say, look, we love what Corbett's been doing. We think a year he's worked his ass off. He, you know, he got better in the off season. We think he's ready. And as a result, we also think Joe Batonio is a really great tackle. 
then you can get into a, a discussion about that. And, and and it may be a situation where they may say Greg Robinson should be the left tackle and Joe Batonio is the right tackle. And the only reason that makes more some sense is if, for whatever reason, they have an injury, let's say Treader goes down, Corbett goes to center, Batonio goes back to right, a left guard, and you've still got Hubbard who can pop in at left ta- or at right tackle now. That that makes it a little bit easier. Now the dream for me is obviously Batonio at left tackle and, and, and Greg Robinson at right tackle. But um, you know, again, the the whole thing here is is the insistence of best five guys. If that's what they're going to go with, fine. If if you're not, then that's that's okay too. Just say. Just say that, but I mean, and it's not like he owes us an explanation or anything. It's just that's what they kept harping on when he got here. So that's sort of what I'm keeping an eye on. Well, and it, and it comes down to, and you know, do they ask Joel, or they're just comfortable to go around it? You know, look, I mean, you know, Jim Coburn, and this is a guy, uh, me and me and Pete, uh, the work he puts in draft wise, we value a lot because he'll take every statistical number, every you know, uh, athletic number, everything, and it's compared to what I mean, Pete. I think it runs what thirty years deep. At almost every position, so you say you know your tackles need to be north of six foot three and a half. They need to be bigger than three oh five. Their arm length needs to be at this range, and I mean you can't be. I mean the math is there. Yeah, I mean obviously there's always an anomaly, but look, Joel was projected, and I remember I remember vividly under Jim's work that you know Joel Batonio easily was going to project as a pretty solid eight to ten year NFL starting left tackle. Right, yeah. If and you the tape look, backed it up, other than the fact that he went to Nevada. Well, the, except that he has tape playing against Demarcus Lawrence, who is right now one of the best pass rushers in football. Uh, Nevada Boise State tape. I'm sure you can still find it. It was a great matchup. Um, but yeah, if you go to the athletic data, which people seem to like to. Uh, Agree with when when it, when it suits them and and like to pretend that De, and like to pretend that Desmond Harrison is an athletic freak when there are two guys on the interior of the line who are better athletes than he is, Joel Batonio, J.C. Treader. Um, that if you're saying, you know, that this is the best way to go, then absolutely. But I mean, this is the thing. Even uh, doing it for a couple weeks. He was good. Was he where he wanted to be? No, he's a perfectionist. So it got split into this whole left, thing. Would he have been the left tackle on this team? No doubt about it. Yeah, it's it just it got spun into this thing where he's not. he doesn't want to play tackle. He wants to play guard. I know because I asked him myself. Uh, he just wants to, to be prepared. That's just who he is. That's how he's wired. It, it was never a question of, he was worried about it. He just wanted to be the best he could uh, for the team, and and for him, that felt he felt like that was more of a six month process than a you know a six day process or you know few week process. So, it, you know, again, they may just decide. Look, he's fantastic where he is. We're not going to mess with it. But it's not a question of it's not like the people who are suggesting. Well, if the Browns go cover two, Jarrell Peppers can play linebacker. Where you know now he's two hundred pounds, and you're saying you're asking him to do this completely different thing. Batonio is would be doing something a he's done before, and b is really well suited at. Does that mean he needs to do that? No, of course not. In the same respect that you have, you know, some there are any number of tackles who have kicked inside to guard 
in the NFL and done great. The same same argument is going to be made that Quentin Nelson is athletic enough to be a tackle, 100%. but he's he's a dominant guard, so you're not going to mess with. Um, so it's in some respects, this is basically just like you know playing around with it and you know the what if game, and and they may not play any of it. But I have to think at some point that they have this guy in Corbett and they they had to like him enough to get him a 33 he's a hard-working dude he's got athletic traits to make him look like he can be a good player he looked good in preseason uh that you know if he comes back you know works his ass in the offseason which I don't doubt he's gonna do um and comes back and, and they think he's gonna be a high level guard then that becomes an interesting discussion and you get a little bit more ass out at right tackle in the process uh because look, even the tape where Chris Hubbard, I see tape where Chris Hubbard's talked about as being good, uh, and he, you know, great first step, you know, uh, forced through the ground inside, seals off the opponent, and they're like, man, this is awesome. And it's like all this stuff is great, and then the run, the run goes right by him, and then I see he get his ass just destroyed into the backfield. That's always going to be a concern to me, and that's always going to be a concern to me because in this division, you've got big guys like Carlos Dunlap. You've got guys like Stefan to You've got guys like Cam Hayward. I think that's always going to be an issue for him, but you know, the Browns may not see it that way. The Browns may say he's fine. And to his credit, um, and, and certainly, you know, getting Baker Mayfield in there and some other things, he was better in the second half of the season, but I do think you're always going to be left with, at least I am where I'm always going to be left with a little, eh, I think we could do a little bit better there. Uh, look, I mean, and the thing is, you could get better and not actually make a big acquisition because, you know, when you talk about Corbett and, you know, you keep preaching the best five, you've got six for five right there. You know, Hubbard, look, uh, you know, if he doesn't end up a starter, you know, look, I mean, is he paid a little too much to be a backup? Sure. But, you know, where you're at right now, you could absorb that because it is, it's solid, it's, it's good insurance. Not a lot of people, not a lot of teams, if they lose their right tackle, can go to a guy like Chris Hubbard. You're usually talking, you know, third day draft choice, undrafted free agent, things of those nature. And then there's the whole Desmond Harrison experience, which we'll get to here in a minute. Um, Lockdown NFL, uh, Lockdown NFL podcast with Matt Williamson, uh, guys. The Monday shows he will have recaps with the host from the. Uh, you know, winning teams through the playoff process. Um, you get Sage Rosenfels, Mike Renner, Mike Sando, you know, through your midweek. Friday, Matt will break down all the games, give you all the picks, similar to what me and Pete do. Um, you know, use mybookie.com in accordance to that. Register after 7 p.m. Eastern, guys. Use the mybookie promo code, my, my lockdown25 promo code, mybookie.com. You play, you win, you get paid. And also, Matt Williamson, Lockdown NFL Podcast, guys. Subscribe. Now, Pete, here we are with Desmond Harrison, and look, we're still getting our heat about this, and whatever, it is what it is, And but the thing is, is you know, there's a lot of questions. Uh, look, I mean, is he a raw specimen, and if if somebody like a LaCharles Bentley, but look, you only get invited there, you can't apply to go there, but he could seek out somebody who could say, look, we're going to do 120 days here, we're going to lift we're going to work. We're going to hit we're going to hit the sled. We want to get you bigger. We want to get you more focused. We want to get you more confident and and not run around like the big dude on the basketball court. Run around like a big athletic guy on a football field who can do some things. 
and you know obviously they don't boxing MMA what I mean he needs like he needs he needs like a blast if you're going to get a player out of this guy he needs to go to one of these programs you know they almost like retreats and they give him a little bit of everything but it's also it got it's got to be on him to commit to something like there are these offensive line boot camps they're all over the place he needs to show that this would be the commitment level because there could be something there with all, all that he's got, or is it just going to be, is he going to gonna be a guy that tries to get a buy on the same ability he had at 18 years old? Because there's there, there's enough there that you're going to work with. It's, you know, like you look at, you know, you, the old car shows, oh my God, oh, this thing's too far gone. There's something there you can work with, and he's 25, he's not 21. <sighs> Go ahead. Um, so... My problem with this whole line of logic is the same people who are insisting that Desmond Harrison could potentially be a franchise left tackle now or would would basically be willing to say that you could be the franchise left tackle, that if you just lift enough, that it will happen. Um, and there's body sizes that just are not going to get better. He's like You want to equate it to another position? He's the Lamar Jackson of left tackles. The way he's built, it's just not going to carry a lot of mass. It just doesn't work that way. I, Pete, I've been around football damn near over 30 years. You've got to be you know, almost closing in on 30 years. There's just some bodies that are not going to acquire the mass like others. Well, that that's a part of it. I mean, there's no question that, you know, genetics is a thing. Uh, there, you know, your, your, your body is built to do certain things and it's not built to do certain other things. Um it, whether you believe that that Desmond Harrison has those particular genes in his body and just needs to work hard, okay. The problem. Let's let's assume you believe that. That's fine. Except everybody else is lifting too. Like I I know what goes on at OLP and some of these other places. Like everybody's if, if everybody's doing that and he's doing that. How is he making up any difference? Like that's the issue. Is basically what your your theory of the case here is that he's jumping into a bodybuilding world as a rookie with everybody who's been eight to ten year veterans. Well, at some level, you're you're betting on this idea that everybody else is relatively close to being maxed out. They aren't getting much stronger, and that Desmond Harrison, if he really kicks into it. He's gonna he's gonna be able to add on all this strength that he should have been getting all this time, and that's gonna be allow him to close the difference. Is that theoretically possible? I suppose that's theoretically possible. Would I bet on it? No. I think realistically, Desmond Harrison is what he's gonna be, which is at best a swing tackle. There's no shame in that, which is what I've tried to stress all along. If that was all he ever was. And they didn't have the fiasco with putting him in against Pittsburgh, where he got beat by what should be backup Bud Dupree. Uh, like, it, I mean, the dude beat seven shades of shit into this kid. Uh, <laughs> w- w- with a guy who's not a great football player, Bud Dupree is not good. Like, he's fine. He's just not. He's not what you want. You're talking but, about a swing edge rusher. <laughs> And it beat the shit out of him. Yes. Like for four quarters, just beat him into the ground. Like was he the wait, and was he the one he tackled in the end zone when they went back to Pittsburgh? Because that was another classic Des Harrison moment. It, it may you're not costing us yards now. Now you're costing us points. But of course that right. led to so, Ryan Swisser mind fart that led the points. But go ahead. So 
look, if he works hard, I think he can maintain a job in the NFL. That is always how I've sort of looked at it is, like I said, if he didn't have that dalliance where he was the starter, he never had any business being – he missed half a camp. He was injured. Couldn't do anything. And then he you played like 50 reps in week four of the preseason. I'm sure. You know what? You just beat a whole bunch of gym teachers and insurance salesmen, which he really didn't do because he didn't do that in that game. You no. know what? We're just going to start you against Pittsburgh. Right. So I don't think that's a realistic thing. And, and that's the problem is, is he, you're, you're having him basically try to compete against a guy like Greg Robinson, who's barely a year, I think, maybe ele- either 11 it's less months than a cal- it's days less or 12 than a- months. And- yep, it's less than a calendar year. So you're asking Desmond Harrison to essentially uh, catch up to guys who did win the genetic lottery and did do all these things like Greg Robinson. And you can make the case that, well, there are only so many people like Greg Robinson. And I, and I would say, yeah, they're in the NFL. That's what happens. That's what those guys do. So that's sort of the problem. And if you were just to stand next to Desmond Harrison and Greg Robinson, you'd think they were two different species. That's the issue I see going forward. So you can hang on to the dream of Des Harrison. I, I hope for his sake, you know, he given the issues he's dealt with, given the path that he's had to, to forge to, to make it to the NFL, the fact he's in it at all is impressive. Can he, you know, does he get dramatically better? No, I think he goes from bad swing tackle to serviceable swing tackle to pretty good swing tackle. But he's never going to be a guy you're going to say, well, we want to start this guy. Because if somebody's calling and saying we want to trade for Des Harrison because we think he can start for us, you take whatever they're offering and you say God bless. Because Des Harrison is a weaker version of uh, of of the right tackle right now. So – you know, if you're saying Des Harrison is a is a basically a poor man's Chris Hubbard, then you know that that isn't anything. So I hope the best for him. But this is this is what we're dealing with: is there are people who are born to be able to do things, and there are people who are not. It's the same people, the same people. And mentioning Charles Bentley, he will tell you, you know, NFL players are born; they are not made. Very very few guys can do that. Uh, and, and, and to me, I don't think Desmond Harris is one of them. You like the people, he likes to poke fun at the idea of the coaches who, who will take credit and say they made this guy. No, that mom and dad did that. So that's the, that's the, the, the eight ball he's currently sitting behind. And look, and when we first talked about the UDFA additions and I, we, I remember vividly, we, you know, we spoke about this. Desmond, Des Harrison could either be with the Browns or in the NFL for, Three days, three months, or three years. It's all on him. Uh, Once he started facing the better pass rushers, and we talked about this, because there were times where people, oh, Des Harrison, Des Harrison. was like, well, who did he play this week? I remember the Raider game was one of those. Well, who did he face this week? Khalil Mack wasn't there. Didn't the Raiders have 12 sacks for the whole season? It was either 12 or 13. Yeah. and Basically, and they, if they had not, Miles, they had Miles mis- Garrett for the entire team. Yeah, I, I, and if I'm not mistaken, that's when he, he had a terrible, that may have been when he had the terrible holding slip screen or smoke screen on the outside. I'm not sure if that was a Raider game or not, but for some reason I'm remembering it because of the stupid infield in Oakland. But he didn't get better. He you know played better against you know weaker competition, 
And then, I mean, in Pittsburgh, you know, that was the final straw, the away game against Pittsburgh. Um, you know, the, the tackle in the end zone where it was just, you know, I mean, at least he yelled duck or tell him to throw it, do something. I mean, you ain't got to cost two points. You know, Baker's a smart dude. But at 25 years old, in guys, I keep saying this, and you guys give me a hard time. When is the light going to go on? It didn't go on at Texas. It didn't go on when he got booted from Texas. Uh, you know, he, he West Georgia, you know, everybody, oh, well, the, the tape was pretty good. Well, I mean, yeah, he was playing guys four to five years younger than him, so I hope the tape was pretty good. He went down to Mobile last year, you know, was underweight, couldn't participate, spoke to everyone there, and every team said to him, you need to put some mass on. You need to find somewhere to work out. you got a lot of refining to do. You know, people, you know, not a lot of people have faith in you. And that's where everything was. And he kind of just went on through you know, the draft process, didn't put on any weight really at any significant point. So, I mean, he's a big gamble. But, yes, that's why he was a UDFA. But it's going to come a point here where this team is so good and the roster spots, you know, there's only going to be few and far between and if you were truly 100% dialed in, and we, if we need you, we can play you, you know, with any positional group, you know, anything can be added. So, I mean, this is a guy that easily can be moved on from because they got a guy who's 22 years old. He's done everything right. He's shown the dedication. He takes to coaching. He takes to, you know, his, you know, his agent and his camp. On, you know, this is the feedback we're getting. This is what you need to do. So it's going to put Des Harrison in a tough spot even though I do think there could be a football player in there. But at 25 years old, not a lot of people are going to take the time to find out. It's either his time, he either brings this himself, or it's over, and it's over quick. Yeah, I think the best thing he can do is basically get a cot or some sort of puff tent and just live in Berea. And, and it, if nothing else, be around. So whoever the coaching staff is or the guys in charge, always see him constantly. <laughs> There's no question he's here. Do the old either, that or, either that or do the George Costanza and just make sure you just leave your car, uh, <laughs> put your car, park your car in the lot and just make sure somebody always sees it so they think you're there. And, and they come by and move it every 15 minutes and, you know, when the birds shit all over it, you know, you take it for a car wash and then there's blood in it and it all gets, it all gets very, very weird from there. Uh, guys, all right, uh, nothing came through. So we actually were able to safely get through this. Um, yeah, hopefully, yeah, I don't think we're going to hear anything, but look, guys, we're closing off here. All we there. heard is we lost our dream defensive coordinator. Oh, Bowles? Yeah, he's going to, uh... Yeah, well, there. that was, I mean, look, I mean, Tampa versus, look, I... I, I, I I'm wondering I, what the hell he's thinking. If that, the question is, uh, when, you, when you do these interviews, you're a coach, part of it is you are trying to sell them on the staff you have in mind. So... I don't know if that means Freddie Kitchens, you know, never really talked to Bulls, or if he did that he couldn't make the sale. Because if he if he did, I can't imagine what Todd Bulls would see in Tampa that he goes, yeah, I'm going there over over everything in Cleveland. But who knows? The Maybe. weather, the weather's possible, Pete. Well, so you know, <laughs> if 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 and if and when Kitchens does get the job, if that's where they're going to go, you know, that now there's guys like Pagano and some of these others that that. Could be interesting, or you know, somebody that's you know we haven't thought of. But uh, bottom line for me is I, I'm not worried in the least uh, about how long they're taking on uh, the this the search. Uh, I'm only concerned about that they get the guy they want because everything seems to be 
everybody in the world who seems to have a shot at this job seems to be quietly waiting for this one to get sorted out. Because right now, believe it or not, the Browns seem to be driving the bus. And all these other jobs are getting filled by guys they had no interest in or at least no expressed interest in. And they are filling up and not affecting the Browns at all. Look, I mean, just just get it done. Get Freddie the gig. Um, I I just don't know how uh, Stefanski from Minnesota comes in here with a... I, I don't know. How does he come in here with a higher calling card? Um, and I don't know how you would look at Freddie and say, uh, we think you're going to work for this guy. And, you know, and Freddie's like, well, and even if where Freddie were to stay, you know, well, how, how does it work between me and Baker? Um, you know, I, I mean, it just, I mean, it seems the writing on the wall, it, it, this is the best move to do is to just give it to Freddie. Look, uh, defensive coordinator wise, uh, look, if you're going to find a way to bring in two D tackles, a linebacker or two and another corner. I mean, I don't know. It almost seems like an idiot-proof defense. I, I think, you know, you have to be an absolute schmuck to screw it up. So you should be able to find somebody capable that can be elevated from whatever position they have to, well, here, you've got Miles Garrett. You've got Denzel Ward. You've got Demarius Randall. You've got Jabril Peppers. You've got Joe Schobert. You've got Larry Ogunjobi. And I just gave you A, B, and C as well to add to this. Should be easy enough. I, I mean, that's just me. And that's kind of where I'm at. But, guys, we did get through the uh, O-line, you know, 2018 season review. Um, you know, obviously, we're still waiting on the smoke, obviously, guys, as everybody keeps joking around with on Twitter. For Pete Smith, read all the work over at NFL Spin Zone. Follow Pete at Pete, uh, at underscore Pete Smith underscore all that good stuff. You guys know the logo. I mean, you guys know the Abby. Stop. Stop like you're pretending. Um, the Locked On Browns Twitter account. We always keep it follow back, guys, as always. You know, follow there. Something you're afraid to ask, you don't want to put it on Twitter. The DMs are open over there, open everywhere, whatever. Just send it over on that way. I have no problem answering those questions. iTunes, ratings, reviews for Lockdown Browns, always crucial, always helpful. Uh, you know, Lockdown NFL Net, if you're looking for anything from any of the other playoff teams or just anything, draft, fantasy, whatever. Uh, Lockdown NFL Net on Instagram, also on Twitter. Everything from all of us, these the hosts at Lockdown are funneled through those accounts. And that should be it, guys. You know, obviously we're here on Head Coach Watch. That's still going around. Uh, if they, they draw it out, we'll continue, you know, through the process here this week the way we do. But uh, as we always say when we put a bed, to put to bed, locked on Browns. LGB on the LOB. Let's go, Browns. <laughs>